Who is that man that would risk his neck for his brother, man? We gotta do it again, Alex. Who is that man that would risk his neck for his brother, man? Shaft. Can you dig it? Who's the cat that won't cop out when there's danger all about? Shaft. Right on. They say this cat, Shaft, is a bad mother. Oh, shut your mouth. But I'm just talking about Shaft. And we can dig it. Woo! <laughs> Welcome in, people, people, people. Today we're talking about, what we talking about, Alex? I believe we're talking about Shaft. Ooh, can you dig it? We also have... Senior Grayson Moya in here with us, one funky cat. And station manager. Mm. Soon to be not station Soon manager. Soon to be Soon not. Soon to be not station manager. I was asked, actually. I've, I've been usurped. I mean, it, it hasn't fully uh, come over yet, but it, it's happening. I was asked uh, a few, uh, or it was yesterday, actually. Someone asked Rick Smith of all the old station managers who got together, and he said no. So I think you should make that happen now that you're soon to be gone, Grayson. I, I don't think I have the power to organize all the old station managers. Well, I mean. They, they don't know me. That's that, that's a good point, but I mean, you totally could. Just saying. I mean, hey, if they want to get together, I'll show up. Exactly. There you go. But as Davis said, we're ta- we're jumping in a time machine back to April of 1971. Oh, we're in the present right now, so I got to do. True. I, true. I got to do my present voice. We're we're we're, we're in the guys, present right now. I, it's guys, 2022. I, I love being in the present. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I love having computers. Yeah. <laughs> We're not there yet. We're getting there. We're getting there. But, uh, of course, again, we'd like to welcome our station manager and host, former host of our We Doing This Right, Grayson Moyer, uh, to the boy show. Hours. Don't forget and that. Sad and Subway Hours. Sorry, sorry. And Subway Hours. And, again, before we jump into our time machine, we got to talk about some trivia because last episode, for those who listened, we ended with a trivia question. I felt it would be unfair to leave you guys hanging. So let's get right into it. I don't, I don't believe Davis knows the answer to this one yet, except maybe Grayson doesn't either. So the question was this. So... Ben-Hur won 11 Oscars in 1959. What movie matched this record in 1997? Grayson, do you know? 97 Titanic? There you That's go. exactly right. Bye-bye. Congratulations. Wow. Davis actually did not know that until I, I told him, which is quite, quite embarrassing. Anyway, and okay. of course we'll end okay. today's episode with a trivia. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We'll, okay. end, we'll end today's episode. I got, here, I got some trivia for you right now. Ah, Davis Who's that trivia? man that would risk his neck for his brother, man? Shaft? There you go. Oh, and now and is that how we get in the time machine, Davis? If you want, I guess. Or do, you, so. do we have any modern? Do we have any modern news? We got to. I mean, up? I got some, but ah, who cares? We're, I it's, mean, it's it's the it's Weagle's birthday. Ezra Miller got arrested again. Yeah, that uh, did happen. Thor: Love and Thunder came out. True. Stranger Things apparently. Johnny had- Depp. Stranger Things, every episode is going to cost $30 million to make. Yeah, you have to, to pay $30 million to watch it. No, that's, that's television. It's going to be crazy. That's crazy, it, though. Netflix is going to make their money back if they're paying I mean, the, charging that's, that much. That's nine That's nine episodes, or ten episodes. That's $300 million. I mean, that's one of the highest budgets of any movie out there, let alone uh, let alone um, TV show. But anyway... All right, I think that's all the modern news we got. So it's time to jump back into the time machine and go back to April of 1971. And as Davis said, welcome. Whoa! I need the... I need the, uh, the <laughs> Play the bra sound effect. <laughs> oh, wait, I got, I, got, I got the perfect... I got, I got the, uh, the, the perfect uh, one. Are you telling me you didn't have the bra pulled up? Rather fitting. I reckon. I suppose so. Hey, look, man. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't have any. any 1971. Other... Exactly. We we are back in 1971 to talk about Shaft as well as what's been going on around the world and around pop culture world. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the 43rd Oscars were just a few days ago. Mm. 
43. Can you believe that? That's pretty that's pretty incredible. It's crazy that they've had so many movies. Exactly. Exactly. You got to wonder where it's going to go from there. So, if you didn't happen to catch the 43rd annual Oscars, don't worry, we'll give you the rundown on what you missed. So, as I said, it was the 43rd iteration of the Academy Awards and went down at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion to honor the best films of 1970. And for the third straight year, there was no official host, but apparently 34 friends of Oscar I don't, I don't really know. What? 34 yeah. friends of Oscar. So How many years in a row did this happen? This was the third and last year that this happened until the recent controversy led to the no host, no specific host, um, like platform, because that's, you know. But uh, yeah. this was this was the third straight year, so. Was there a reason for doing it back then? I mean, now? I, 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 <laughs> current, current year, 1971? <laughs> you, yeah. mean, you mean the year of our Lord, 1971? Um, I'm not sure. As far as I I know, I can't really tell because for those who hadn't hadn't been paying haven't been paying attention in these past few years, of course, this goes back to 1968, which was the last year with a host being Bob Hope's fourth straight, and then in 1969 there Love was of course, no host at all of any kind, and then 1970s saw 17 Friends of Oscar which to present the awards, which included Bob Hope again. James Earl Jones, wonder wonder where that guy's career might go. Mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood as well, a star of every western movie ever. And John Wayne, also star of every Western movie ever. And then in uh, 1971, this year, of course, uh, the year's 34 friends included Maggie Smith, Jim Brown, and Steve McQueen. I, as far as I know, there wasn't any particular reason. In fact, the the tradition as it's gone back uh, through these first 43 years has been whoever's the host for one year did it like four or five years in a row. Bob Hope was no, like again. Bob Hope was a friend of Oscar and also a host himself. Speaking of Jim Brown, Jim Brown, former NFL player, former of former Cleveland Browns running back. That's exactly right. Did you hear about last July, July oh. 1970? Motown singer Marvin Gaye tried out for the Detroit Lions. What? You did, you didn't hear about this crazy news? I must. Is, I must. He already not- famous at this point. Yes, Marvin Gaye's very famous at this current time. Uh, you mean right now, Grayson? How do you yeah, not that's, know? That's what I meant. Yes, he is, he is extremely famous. <laughs> I was he currently I hear, famous last May. And I hear, yes, he just, he Marvin Gaye had a love for football, and he, he just wanted to step away from music, and he tried out for him. And how'd that go? His hometown, Detroit Lions. He did not make the team. How'd that go? Well, I heard that, uh, that the Kansas City Chiefs recently offered Will Chamberlain at a ridiculous amount of money to leave the Lakers. Hmm. But he declined so far. I'm, I'm imagining... Chiefs- yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm imagine I'm imagining there's a reason Wilt wants to stay out in LA, but I can't quite put my S- finger on it. Speaking of Marvin Gaye. Speaking of Marvin Gaye. I hear he's cooking up an album that may drop next month called Whoa. I don't know what it's called, but if I had to speculate, it might be called What's Going On. What is going on, Davis? What is going on is a tumultuous year, 1971. Indeed, it is, including the 43rd Oscars. Very Mao Zedong invited the U.S. ping pong team to come to Beijing, and they win. Did you know that? Somehow I have a feeling that's going to show up later in our pop culture. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. See, Davis, I don't know if you get that reference or not. Uh, reference to what, Alex? Well, what are you, what are you referencing? Current year. <laughs> current year, 1971, April Look, man, 21st, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing some time slippage. I don't know. It's all very <laughs> There's confusing. an alternate version of Alex? <laughs> it's all very confusing. This is dark timeline, Alex. I don't know what's going on. What's time slippage? I wish I had a computer. It could tell me. I could play Pong. <laughs> oh, what, wait, I mean, what is that? What's Pong? <laughs> What is oh, I, I wish I could stand Wait, in a actually, room and uh, add numbers. I, I heard some rumors from oh, this guy that's oh. been working with some gizmobops, some techno gizmobops, and he's talking about making a game called Pong, and he said it might release November 29th of next year. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> nice. I don't know what that Maybe it's like ping pong. Who knows? It, it must be with a name like that. I heard, oh. I heard he was testing. He got... 
He got so mad he lost against somebody, he left the room. <laughs> and I'm not making that up. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, excellent. Oh, um, also, also, I believe, uh, I don't know how I know this, but my mother was born just recently. 1971. What about What's she yours? up to right now? Uh, I don't know. She must be a baby. Mine have been alive for like six years. You'll go find Alex. My my mom's been alive for about three years, maybe kind of, sorta. I don't know. There you. Oh, I, I don't know how we know this. There may yeah. be some some this is crazy some gizma bops happening. This, this some wrong. Gizma bops. What decade did you pull that word from? 1971. <laughs> right. If you didn't know, if you didn't know, I was reading about this thing. You know, uh, I'm not sure when it came out, but it's this thing where. People in the current year of 1971 and every current year subsequent and before like to look back in the past and they say it's better. Maybe ah, I got Gizmo Bops from a former decade. Must be the Gizmo Bops indeed. And yeah, I have here, a lot of Gizmo Bop nostalgia. Ev- evidently. So, What's your favorite Gizmo Bop? Mine was, mine was uh, Stretch and Larry. What's his name? Stretch Armstrong? Yeah, Stretch Armstrong. He, uh, I'm not sure if I've heard of that or not yet. <laughs> I, I quite enjoy Pet Rocks. I'm not sure if I've heard of that or not yet. Oh, man. That might be for another... That might come around another 10... I don't know what Stretch Armstrong is anyway. Um, I sure do love my chemistry set. I sure do love my, my wheel and a stick. <laughs> I, I, I heard about this new thing called a hula hoop, and I've been working on that. <laughs> um, well, I'll have to look into... You know, my, my mom just reached out to me by telegraph and told me... <laughs> We have phones in 1971, partner. <laughs> well, yes. well, we did still have Telegraph. <laughs> hey, hula hoops been around since 500 BC, so we got those. I mean, your, your mom would call you is to like exactly. tell you your son had died in war, but <laughs> so she so, he gets out the the, the, the okay, yellow hello, hello, hello. <laughs> I need a guess my bop. So what would it have been Morse code? I'm trying my best here. They could have sent uh, mail. <laughs> A horse, payphone, <laughs> pigeon, uh, candy gram maybe. Yeah, <laughs> candy gram. How? Uh, call in to uh, three three. Call tape? into our rotary phone three three four eight four four ninety three forty five. If you're if you are currently alive in nineteen seventy one, and tell us how prevalent candy grams are. Evidently, yeah. Evidently. So, anyway, would we like to talk about these forty third Oscars that just happened only yeah. uh, six days ago? What, what only, was nominated only, for only, best got, only got a li- a couple things to discuss. So first of all, the film Patton. Mm. which came out in 1970, uh, tied for the lead with 10 total nominations, including seven wins. It is an American epic biographical film directed by Franklin J. Schaffner. It's about that cat, General Patton, ain't it? It is, in fact, about that cat, General Patton. Though, though, depending on which side of the conflict, I'm not sure he would be described as a cat. I don't, I don't know. I, I think cat's pretty just neutral that's fair. to I, size. I, 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 suppose, I suppose so. And he was played by uh, George C. Scott, and it just follows Patton throughout... Um, World War II. For those who saw the movie in theaters for for the low price of one dollar a ticket, um, you would probably remember that iconic opening uh, scene where he gave that speech. That's like the thing that everybody remembered leaving the theaters. It was nominated for or for ten and won seven. And then another film with super creative title here, guys, Airport, was nominated for mm. ten. Uh, What's happening in that movie? So. Quite a lot, actually. Uh, it was written and directed by George Seaton and stars Burt Lancaster and Dean Martin, along mm. with a bunch of other people. It is a disaster film based on Arthur Haley's 1968 novel of the same name. It kind of follows a bunch of different characters in an airport at the same time, dealing with holidays, birthdays, and also apparently a plane crash at the very end. 
I myself did not go to theaters to see this one. I don't know. How, disaster much, what, movie? how, how cheap was it? A dollar? Disaster movie? I don't know. If I, I had to do math for 50 years in the future, that's about seven bucks. I don't think this disaster movie genre is going to last. I, you I'm don't not, think? I'm, I'm not convinced myself. I'm just waiting for a tornado movie. Oh, is that is that right? That's what I'm holding out for. Grayson, you, you look like you got quite a bit to say. I don't. Not uh, about airport. Ah, okay, okay. Have you been in an airport? You could just walk right up to the plane that's in 1971. I, I enjoy smoking at 30,000 oh, yeah. feet. <laughs> I wonder how many that how many babies that's gonna affect in the Probably future. zero. Yeah, we love cigarettes in nineteen seventy one. But in fifty years from now, they're not cool. Possibly not. And on that note, I think we're gonna go to a quick PSA break before Ooh, we come week. back to talk more about the fortieth or forty third, excuse me, Oscar ceremony. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the year of our Lord nineteen seventy one. I heard I've been hearing some news about this college radio station in Auburn, Alabama that might have just been prop, uh, uh, popping up. Are you are you talking about Weagle 91.1 FM? Weagle 91.1 FM. The one we might be on right now? Coming from atop the Haley Center. I like how far away I can hear it from, considering it has one watt of power at there this you point. Go. It's very impressive. If you get out your... Radio? Non-portable radio. <laughs> they had portable radios. <laughs> we have portable radios. <laughs> if, if you oh, get into your Lord. automobile. You know what would be crazy? Imagine if you could play little vinyls in a thing that you would have on your hip and listen to. Like a 45? To. While you're walking? I, I think I'd call it a While you're walking, a jogman. Man? A jogman. Oh, j- jogman. I mean, they'd have to make those discs so compact. Oh, how could they do that? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> have y'all seen the new Laserdisc movie? Laserdisc movie? They have. Do we have those? <laughs> Let me see. I, I don't think that came out yet. <laughs> I've been hearing about this new thing from Japan called a Laserdisc. I mean, I, th- I, think, I think I've been still hearing I, I about the VHSs. From, from what That's I've been... not that yet either. Really? <laughs> no. We okay. don't have those currently, but I've been hearing news about the Laserdisc. I, Apparently... Seven years? They're, they're about seven years that might be coming out. I love working at my broadcast station where I can use kinescopes, where we just film a TV screen, because we haven't invented tape for video yet. Ah, well, um, I'm getting I another- I love how hard it is to watch movies at home. I'm yeah. getting another time slippage, and I'm hearing that VHSs may be five years away. Wow. Apparently. Very exciting. Um, so anyway, why don't we get back into the, the 43rd annual Oscars- not a lot more to discuss, except for also Airport made $128 million. Oh, it, at, it, it, at, it is a very profitable movie. Yes, it is. They, On they, just a $10 million budget. They might budget. make quite a few more. I, I have a feeling. I think you're thinking of a different movie called Airplane. I am no, not. No, actually. Are actually, you not? No, I'm not. Upon, upon hearing from my source inside Airport Studio, Grayson is completely correct. Whoa! I know, it's crazy. <laughs> How many airports are there around uh, here? He's telling me it's going to be three more. Making four in total. I'm not sure about that. You know, you never know. How these I'm things hearing go. news that there might be a crazy jet in the last one. I, oh I feel like they might significantly decline in quality as the, <laughs> the movies go on. You know, I'm starting to feel like that's a trend for every series. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, speaking of that, um, not not there yet, not there yet, not there yet. Sorry to say. Uh, one 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 more thing to discuss on this Oscar ceremony. Patton sweeps three of the big four: best picture, best director, and best actor. But George C. Scott despite taking over Patton, refused to attend the ceremony. He refused to attend and said that the Academy Awards were a, quote, 
two-hour meat parade, a public display with contrived suspense for economic reasons. Man, still based. <laughs> What's Good George God. C. Scott up to now? What a great opinion. <laughs> I was about to say. He's way ahead of his time. <laughs> I really hope John Wayne kept his cool during this because it might get a little worse for that. I'm just saying. And uh, Patton, by the way, was written by Francis Ford Coppola, and I hear he's working on a little-known movie called The Godfather. Mm. wonder how that'll pan out. What Interesting. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the Oscars. You've also got uh, Helen Hayes actually in airport, winning Best Supporting Actor. She became the first performer to win an Oscar in both leading and supporting categories, having won Best Actress 38 years beforehand for The Sin of Madeline Claudette. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't see that movie. I think she's in talks to star in a movie called Herbie Rides Again. <laughs> Speaking of franchises that go a bit too far, Herbie? <laughs> it's not a franchise yet. You can't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. The Rides Again sounds like a sequel. I don't think it was. Wasn't it? 20-year-old Michael Keaton. If I remember correctly, it's not. 20-year-old Michael Keaton. In his first movie? I've seen this soon? film. I don't remember it being good. Herbie right? Rides Again? How have you seen it? Oh, wait, it? has it come out yet? I, no. I was there when it was being filmed. I got to watch the okay. daily. Okay. <laughs> Is that right? Uh, it's the second installment of the Love Bug film series. Okay. <laughs> I've seen the original then. It was not good. <laughs> This, oh, this, this I hope sucks. they remake it one day. <laughs> Who believe, plays Herbie? I believe I this is what they... <laughs> Have y'all seen that movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? <laughs> now that's one funky car. How's it do all that? You know what? You know what? I have an issue with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. What's your issue, Davis? At the end, it was all a dream. Are you serious? Yes. I haven't seen this movie. It was like they're flying around in this car at the end. They're like, oh, our car broke down. Imagine if it could do all this. Has Disney not figured out how to make movies in Somehow, current year? Somehow, I'm concerned that that is going to become a thing. It was already a, it is already a thing. <laughs> yes. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang did it first from my memory well, when I for, saw it many years ago. Good for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang on establishing uh, some, I guess, precedent and, you know, Doing their own thing there. Now, last last but not least with this Oscars, uh, Woodstock had a documentary made after. I don't know if y'all went to that festival. It didn't oh. didn't seem quite like my thing. It does take it takes off. It's like it's like I couldn't reference that yet. This the thing I just <laughs> made up in my brain of a person in a music video looking back at the camera and their eyes light up like they're a werewolf. Imagine that. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's pretty thrilling, if you will. Davis, I don't know what you're referencing. <laughs> I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about the piece of media. I'm I have no idea what slippage. concept you're talking about. I believe thriller. it's called... Thriller? At the end of the Thriller video? Oh, that it's a dream? No, where he looks back. Well, no, it's it's just teasing it. Oh Time slippage. Now we're back. Oh. All right, anyway, we're back in. And speaking of being back in, we got a movie coming up this April. Melvin Van Peebles' film, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, apparently. I'm not sure about that one. Woo-hoo-hoo. What's it about? Uh, I don't know, Some except, crazy except when I say a Melvin Van Peebles movie, I mean, yeah, a Melvin Van Peebles movie because he, and I'm saying this right now, wrote, co-produced, scored, edited, directed, and starred in all by Melvin Van Peebles. And I'm looking up the movie right now. How many A's does... <laughs> uh, it's got one, two, three. A lot of S's, it's, though. It has... Yeah, it's got, a, what, four S's? Is that five? Are we playing the yet-to-be-invented Wheel of Fortune? The <laughs> I love game shows on TV. Ah, yeah. Big fan as it's well. It's all there is. In uh, the four the dating show? What was that one called? The Dating Game? I don't know. I don't watch that many game shows. 
the dating? My TV is small and black and white. I spend most of my time on the radio. The ah, Merv Griffin right? show, if you will. I also. It, oh no! So, the dating game has not come out yet. I just heard. No, it has. Nineteen sixty-five. It has come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> so this film star is a picturesque story of a poor black man fleeing the white police authorities. Mm. Interesting. And last but not least for this month, I hear something on the grapevine about IMAX. Apparently, the first permanent IMAX projection system be- is going to begin showing at Ontario Place's Cinesphere in Toronto. I don't know about this IMAX. I don't know. I do love big film. That's true. Have you watched that show Jeopardy? I love me some questions. Nah, I don't know anything about trivia. There's no way for me to look up the answers. That's true. That's you true. just have to be good at it. Go to the library. You just got to read books. Go Get to your, your Dewey Decimal on. <laughs> 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 You'd have to ask somebody for a card catalog mm, and get mm, your books mm, stamped mm. in order to leave with it. I always thought that was pretty inefficient. You only have so I many mean, pages. I mean, what better option do we have? We can't ask a computer to do it. What's this isn't compu- adding two numbers. Computers take up a whole room. How would it do that? That's what I'm saying. There's no space in a library. Are you for guys one of talking those? about the Turing machine? No, that's maybe that's too far. Not back. even close. <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm kidding. I know. Have you? <laughs> you don't build Turing machines. Time slippage, computer science degree. That's not how that works. The Antikythera machine. <laughs> Look, man, I'm we trying. We're going that yet. We're going back in time again. I'm trying. Whoa! I'm trying Whoa! The Antikythera machine. I'm trying my very best. And now, last but not least, in these current events of April 1971, earlier in this month, April 7th to be exact, the Zodiac Killer movie was released. While the killer is still at large. Mm. Scary. I'm not going to San Francisco find us here in rural Auburn, Alabama. Well, I can't wait to vote for senator in the 90s. <laughs> That's wow. funny. That is funny. And on that note, guys, I think it's time to get into the movie we've all been waiting for, the moment we've all been waiting for, Shaft. Shaft! Exactly. This film directed by Gordon Parks with this film adaptation of a semi-autobiographical novel, The Learning Tree, in 1969, Parks became Hollywood's first major black director. And they, back back two years ago, 1969, he also wrote the screenplay and composed the musical score for that film with assistance from his friend Henry Brandt. It was written by Ernest Tuddyman and John D. F. Black. The film is actually based on a novel of the same name, written by Tuddyman in 1970, and it stars Richard Roundtree as the main character that this film follows, John Shaft, the titular character, the titular character, yes, the private eye. Also known as just Shaft. I was told not to call him by his first name, John. That you don't know him Davis. like that part. I guess I don't. Also, you got Moses Gunn as Bumpy Jonas, not to be confused Ooh. with Antonio Fargus as Bunky. Grace and I had a bit of trouble with that one earlier while, uh, while well, watching. We were watching it in the movie for a dollar, an for, hour for, ago. For a dollar, exactly. That's exactly right. And stars other characters such as Christopher St. John as Ben Buford and Charles Chaffee as Lieutenant Vic Andrazi. And with a runtime of only 100 minutes, hour and 40 minutes, not too long at all if you're looking to go to theater for just, I'm going to say it again, one dollar. Hoo-hoo. Shaft is action-packed. It knows it what is. it's doing. It absolutely right? isn't. And it does all that on a budget of just $500,000. Yeah, not a single wasted minute in this film, which absolutely. is rare. It's rare. Absolutely, I would say so. Especially Audio for- quality for this year. Awesome. Absolutely. I don't yeah. know about that one, partner. <laughs> I feel I feel like we're, we're making leaps, leaps and bounds year after year. I'm looking forward to where we're going. I wonder if set. one day a computer gizmo bop can make a movie. And now, sure, the movie's not left theaters yet, but I hear it's going to make $12 million at the Ooh. box office. What a what a profitable film. For I hope Richard Roundtree's making some dough. I hope absolutely, though. I, somehow, I got a bad feeling that if it had a $500,000 budget, probably unlikely. But anyway, that's a bit of the cast and some fun facts. We'll be right back after this brief PSA break to, ba- to break down the iconic film, Shaft. 
Welcome back into the year 1971. You just heard some Gil Scott Heron from his album Pieces of a Man. Released, recorded just recently, and also released this year. And it's spectacular, I gotta say. God, Davis, you couldn't stop singing it earlier, and it's oof. only been out for a short time. I love me some Gil Scott Heron. He's pretty, pretty le- already legendary in the year of our Lord. 1971. 1971. That's exactly right. Happy not even one year birthday for Weekly 91.1 FM. Happy birth. Birth of Weekly 91.1 FM. That's exactly right here at 8.30 p.m. on again. If we're talking about current day, it's going to happen in about a week. The, 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 it, hey, the rumblings man. are, it's in the works. It's okay. in the works. I don't know where we are, but They it's just in the works. put up the tower. Is that right? I don't know. Man, I really Grayson? Ho- I don't know the exact timeline <laughs> on this. Don't look at me. You think the Haley Center is going to last like 30 years? Where are they going to put the antenna? I, I wouldn't have been in college. My major doesn't exist. I heard people. What do you mean? Have you <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Have you heard the story about Haley Center? No, I haven't, Davis. As you know, we are currently in the Cold War, if you didn't know. Oh, yeah. They made it so confusing for cats to get around there, so just in case those Russian, those, those Soviets came by, they wouldn't be able to find us in there. Everyone knows they don't have quadrants in Russia. That's right. Absolutely not. They do they even have buildings? streets in Russia? I do believe they do. I don't know. Streets aren't quadrants. I, I know. I was just... Was, never mind. There you go. The point is lost. The Soviets. So USSR, if you will. If I don't you know will. what Russia is. And you know what movie yeah. doesn't have any Soviets in it? Shaft! Shaft! Brilliant, Grayson. Truly. So, let's talk about Shaft. I mean, this movie... To set the stage, you all it follows, as we said, John Shaft, a private eye... Uh, hired by known mobster, I think mobster, yeah. Bumpy. You can call him that too, to find his daughter who has been kidnapped. And I got to say, this movie sets the tone right at the beginning. My favorite scene might be the intro. I mean, it's just, first of all, you got the music. From Made by the Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes and Johnny Allen collaborate on this. And what a soundtrack it is. I mean, it's just brilliant. Honestly, I mean, one of my favorites of most movies that I've seen, the few of them that I have seen, of course. Of course. Uh, the the soundtrack pretty pretty absolutely makes this, right? Absolutely. Like that's what keeps you I mean, it hooks you initially, keeps you in the moment. But like the soundtrack makes up for a ton of the shortfalls of this film and its budget, just the realities absolutely. of it being what it is. I mean, because you know, l- let's talk about that intro for a second. I mean, the shots themselves are mostly unremarkable. It's just random sky shots of him walking, shots next to him, him walking, and shots hanging out behind in dirty, him walking. Grimy New York. Exactly. I wonder if they got their filming permits. I mean, Probably I would assume. Not. Oh, yeah, I guess not. They they filmed in Times Square and all and Greenwich Village all all throughout uh, Harlem as well. And I think, you know, it it show, I, I think it certainly shows that filming on location rather than building sets at this point was certainly the right call for them, especially on their limited budget. Anyway, I think building those sets would have really driven up the price of this film and cost them in certain aspects. But you're exactly right. I mean, the music. It's just. What is what is this opening scene without that music? It's just oh, it's a guy, but with it, I mean, he's just like it completely like makes the character. Right. I mean, he's just dripping charisma the whole time he's walking. Chef doesn't have to say a word. He just can walk and strut. And even the first time we do see him and hear him speak, he uh, Jay walks almost gets hit by a taxi, <laughs> yeah. and then gives the driver the finger as if it was his fault. I don't know whose fault it was. It's not clear, but I mean, you know, that's his. That's it's the perfect tone setter that, for a the character. The driver tried to hit Shaft. That is that is their fault. Oh yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I'd actually. I didn't try to hit Shaft, but if it's Shaft, you got it. Shaft it, has the right I mean, way. Shaft yeah. is a pedestrian in this case. Yes, that's true. But more importantly, he's Shaft. He's got the right of way. I, I agree with you, Davis. And I mean, his music is just—it really is just perfect. It adds so much. And then, of course, you got the iconic song itself, cool. which won an Oscar. Actually, it won a Golden Globe uh, later on. So that's that's pretty exciting for Isaac Hayes, as you said. But it's just the music sets it completely, and it's it separates it from just your generic opening. And I think it also does something that most movies don't know how to do is how do you establish your main guy in that first scene? They do it like that. Yeah. You get three, you get, you get a scene to show his badge. You get a scene with him yelling at people and then we got shaft and that's it. And I, I just love it so much. I want to continue talking about just like the, the vibe of this movie and the way that they do visual storytelling, especially with their, their budget. New York for the entirety of this movie is disgusting and dirty and dark and that completely, like, that grounds it so much. It makes Absolutely. it feel real. You walk into people's apartment buildings, you can't see a thing. Yeah. Some of these b- scenes are lit by, like, a candle. And it's just like, yeah, that that's realistic. There, there aren't that's studio lights That's what people do in, in 1971. I, I know. Well, sit around with that's candles. That's what we do in oh, 1971. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go home after this and sit with a candle I with all my friends. I haven't been to New York, so I don't, I don't know about airplanes. It seems a little scary. But I will say I had a friend who went there, and he said, it's an accurate depiction. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. But I, think, I just like that they don't polish it up. Or even they don't play it up. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have to. Absolutely, Yeah, like it's not like they add some sort of tint to the whole film to make it like, you know, like movies will do that, ooh, it's blue or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, guys, let's, let's get in the green. Year, we're in a computer. Exactly. Grayson, in the year 1971, <laughs> <in> a, <laughs> how would you know what it's like in a computer? I've seen one of them before. <laughs> Think of a My whole My nature doesn't building. exist. Time, time slippage. Time slippage. <laughs> God, help, help. Uh, Grayson, if they were trying to put a tint on a movie in current year 1971, but they just put a little, like, filter over the lens? I mean, as far as I know, yeah. I mean, yeah, you you, you, you had matte boxes, so you'd be able to put a gel in front if you really wanted to. But there you go. I would that assume you could do sense. that when you're making film prints as well, so that you don't have to bake it in. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot I of sense. I can't wait to go home and develop film. Yeah. So, as, as I had said, actually, about uh, the music, it was nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Original Score and Best Original Song. Hayes won for the song in this one, and then in Golden Globes, it was nominated for the exact same two except he won for Best Original Score and not Best Original Song that in that award. I don't know how those got flipped, because I feel like if his score is amazing, the song itself has to win. Well, I mean, if we're point. just talking about general score, this movie doesn't really have that much, um, I guess, non-vocal music, true, non-featured true. music. It, it uses the score very sparingly, and I think it does a good job of it when it does, but its score doesn't stick out the way it's like, you know, it's songs that it wants you to be, you know, listening to and paying attention that's to. That's a that's a that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Which is and why it's weird the score one. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it right now. Let me see if I can find exactly who defeated who defeated Shaft for that award. I'm gonna go through and find it. But yeah, I just think it really it just sets the scene so well and really encapsulates where we are. I'll admit while the lighting may be accurate, I don't know if I necessarily like it. Some scenes were like too hard to see to the point where it's like, okay, I got, I got to be able to see what's going on to a point. I, I get it, but there's a point where immersion is ruined to the what's happening on my screen type of thing. You know what I mean? You know, there's only so much you can do. It's it's pretty clearly 16 millimeter film, and you know you're at 24 frames a second. You can only keep that lens open so long. So there's there's a lower limit to how much light you can have in a scene. I think they use it well where they use it, and it's it doesn't detract too much from the movie. That's a fair point. So, yeah, it looks like Shaft won Best Original Score, as I said, but lost Best Original Song to Life Is What You Make It from Koch. Can't say that I saw that movie. 
have can't not say that I did. However, um, Richard Rauchy was nominated as best new or best newcomer or new star of the year as John Shaw, but he lost out to Desi Arnaz in Red Sky at Morning as William Steeny Stenopoulos. Hmm. So I will say I like I like that category, new star of the year. Perhaps they can keep it around so they don't you know struggle with the ratings. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, what what else did y'all like about this movie? I think we all saw it in at least most capacity, yeah. Davis. <laughs> uh, I, I've seen most of it. Oh, yeah. Well, what you got to say, What's Davis? your favorite scene, Davis? Let's, let's go down that road. Mm, what is I, – I quite liked the final the final heist to Absolutely. get back Marcy. Absolutely. That, that was probably yeah, – well, They had a fire hose. And the, the bottle that they lit on fire for some reason. A distraction. Ah, Did well, distract? you could have thrown a rock in there, and I think it would have distracted enough. Wouldn't have been as good. It's shaft. Not to mention, I think my favorite thing was no. He... I think I think a fire bottle is okay. better than a rock. Okay, okay. fair, yeah. fair. Because fair. you didn't have to put out said fire but rock. You're just like, there's a pet rock. Yeah, there's, there's just, a rock on my ground. There's a potential. There's a rock mixing missing its printed box on That's the true. ground. True. Okay, but fair, yeah, fair, fair. maybe one day. Yeah. Box, rock. That's fair. That's fair. I got you. A I, got you. Got, I mean, a pet. I mean, a rock. A rock. A rock indeed. I get you. I get you. So one thing I really liked about that whole scene is that he pours gasoline over like the fire bottle or whatever, and then he lights a cigarette. I'm like, oh, why is he lighting a cigarette? Just look cool. And then he actually used it to light it because he didn't have a free hand. Now that, genius. Everything in this movie is purposeful. I told you, they didn't waste a minute. Except maybe when he just pulls the gun out of the freezer. Well, no, I think there was a <laughs> no, reason that for that. He was putting it in the freezer. What's the... What's, what is the reason for Shaft that? Shaft is strapped all the time. He's but, got a gun ready to go. Mm-hmm. But why Why do you have to change him out? I don't know, man. He's got extra guns. Shaft has his reasons. I don't yeah. question John. Are, are you on a first-name basis? Why is that? Because Davis is cooler than you. Baba Booey. Okay, that's unfair, Grace. You know what? Another He's cooler scene. than me. You can admit to that. Okay, fine. I, I can be real. All right, thank enough. you, thank you, gents. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Alex agrees with me. You can thank me if you thank want. You, Grace. No, I'll, okay, look, look. I'll, I'll admit, I'll here's admit. A, here's a scene I liked that might have gone just right past y'all's heads. Oh, oh, sure. all right, all right. Just yeah. showed like when he was looking for Ben. That was mm, my favorite. I really liked that. And then, but like the little interactions he had with the people, like one person, he like in one person that stuck out to me. He was like, "Do you, did you do you know what number was today?" I didn't understand that. So in in Harlem in the seventies, I mean right now, uh, in yeah. Harlem right now in New York in general, there's a there's like a a, a lottery kind of where you right. where you go up to your bookie, you tell them what number you like that day, and I'll, and you give them some money with it, and whatever number they pull that day, you win the money. Mm. It's a little little racket going on. Oh, also okay. called the Italian lottery, the daily number, the numbers racket. Or the numbers game. Ah, I get you. Former get civil you. rights activist Malcolm X was a part of that back in the 50s when he lived in Harlem. Really? Mm-hmm. There you go. Did not know that, actually. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Some some current events from Davis. Speaking more about that scene, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think that was another way that they were like really subtle with Shaft's character. This is a guy deeply, deeply ingrained with the community mm-hmm. that everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's Shaft. Or, or even Shaft's the guy that here. even the guy that he pays off is like an old friend. Yeah, like even, I, the, even that kid that he gave uh, some money to go get some food. Yeah, that's well, a good that scene. that was later. Oh, but still, still. And then he sees the guys outside. That's oh, why he yeah, finds yeah, Ben. Yeah, yeah. He tells me you better you better get your guys. That's right, outside that's right. the basement door because yeah, I knew right. where you were. It's my two favorite things about Shaft. He enjoys He's the part community. of the community. 
My favorite thing might be just the fact that this dude just like, I mean, there's just like a sort of swagger about him that is very difficult to capture in a character because most most movies when they make a character like it's like, hey guys, he's cool, trust us. They'll just do a bunch of a bunch of lines that you're like, I, okay, I don't buy it. You know, what I mean, it's like, oh, you're just trying to convince me that he's cool, but this guy, I mean, I was convinced from the jump. Every single thing that he said, every expression he had, like just. Awesome. I it, believe Richard Browntree is actually just this cool in real life. I, I would he assume so. I mean, he. He's, I mean, it turns out, you know, we're going to find out that that wardrobe was actually just all his own. Which, oh. Major shout out to the costume designers if it wasn't, because wow. Yeah. His 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 uh, clothes are perfect. I mean, it's it's very easy for cool to be just completely unmotivated and come across as fake, and it doesn't in this movie. Absolutely. And even in the my my other favorite scene, other than that one, was when he is bartending. Mm. And yes. he's just so natural with the patrons. It's he's done this so many times before. And it's just easy for him. Absolutely. That was my favorite scene, especially the cat and mouse he plays with the mafia hitting oh, him. Oh yeah. He just he's just he's toying with him. They're toying with him. He's trying to get him a little drunk, so they're a little, you know, out you know, out of sorts if they end up coming to blows. And then of course there's the so cool by the way, gentlemen, I forgot to introduce myself. John so Shaft. Shaft. Excellent. Pulls a gun out for people who aren't sitting in the studio in 1971 with us. Absolutely. And anyway, we're going to keep talking more about John Shaft, how cool he was, and what this movie means for everyone in 1971 right after this brief PSA break. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back into the year of our Lord, 1971. You're hearing some Curtis Mayfield move on up from his debut album, Curtis. Came out last September, 1970. Ah, I have a feeling this guy's going to be huge. Absolutely. Because that song right there is a good one. I, th- I think we can all agree on there that one. So while while we're still here, why don't we keep talking about Shaft and Shaft. maybe maybe experience some time Shaft. slippage? I don't know, but really talk about exactly what this movie meant or means in 1971 and what it will mean in the future. Because a lot of people refer to the character of John Shaft as the Black James Bond, and I don't necessarily agree with that assessment. But I think the idea, he's cooler. It's the idea that I think you know. At this current time, we've never seen anyone like John Shad. Most of action heroes are, in fact, played by white guys. Mm-hmm. And James Bond is the most comparable because Shaft is, you know, he's the playboy. He has, I mean, he, quote unquote, gets laid twice in this movie that we What'd that you we do saw. last night, Shaft? Got yeah, I got no, laid. No, no, so he didn't say, he, he asked him what he got as in like, uh, as in like what, what he got for his hot dog. Oh, yeah, and then he says that he walks laid. away, which is very, very funny, by the way. But yeah, he, he's like that, you know, the Bond girl of the week or whatever, that's the whole thing. But yeah, he's his I, own character. He is his own character. I, I, think, I think it's reasonable to call him the black James Bond. But even if we did just put a black person in the James Bond role, it wouldn't necessarily like... It wouldn't be a new character. There would be nothing to explore there, and it would still kind of come across as kind of done. I don't exactly. Know, you know what I mean? Where, like where th- nothing new is being done here. I agree. And where this character explores the culture of Harlem and is, as you as we just said, ingrained in the city of, with that society, mm-hmm. it really allows the movie to explore so many different avenues. And you know, despite in the book he was originally black, in the, in the actual script written by the author, he made him white initially, which honestly I think is a reflection on the times of anything else. How do you sell this movie to the studio? But then the director actually said, on second thought, guys, why don't we go back? And he cast Richard Roundtree as the hero, and I think this really changes it. I mean, because if, if it is just a white guy in this setting, honestly the movie doesn't fit for one. And oh, number two, no, it's, yeah, it's, no. it's, it's it unremarkable in, it in is a lot of ways. If, if, they try to, if they try to sell off the white private detective fitting into the community like Shaft if they if you had how Shaft is with the community but it was just a white guy 
I, it'd be totally different. Well, you'd also lose you a lot of it. depth from it because Absolutely. there is a lot about racism and race relations mm-hmm. in this movie. Absolutely, that lends a lot of credibility to it and its story. And it's really the first of its kind. Of its kind, along along with Sweet Sweetbacks, the film that we talked about that is, that releases around the same time in April. You know, they're they're both pair off together in terms of exploring a culture that was unexplored in Hollywood and. For those who don't know, it's referred to as part of black exploitation, which sounds as a negative co- in a negative sense, and it kind of is. The idea is ex- it's part of the exploitation genre, which is essentially taking any trend and exploiting it for commercial success. Mm-hmm. Now, movies like Shaft, with you know a like black director behind the creative project, is less exploitive, but Later on, Hollywood's like, wait, this sells, so we're going to start making it ourselves. And that's what kind of shifted in the years after Shaft. And you even saw it in its two sequels, Shaft goes bit, or Shaft's Big Score and Shaft Goes to Africa, which combined for a much larger budget than this one at $3.5 million, but only made $11 million at the box office in those two films combined. So not the same kind of success. But yeah, I think this movie really changed and it really exposed a lot of people to a culture that not, I mean, people just didn't know about. I mean, think about, think about where we are right now in Auburn, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Right. In 1971, people did not know about that. And when we think about exploitation films, right, like the name, I think, doesn't necessarily do what the films are and exactly. what they, their purpose was at the time, justice. I mean, think of it less of like it's exploiting a certain group because it wasn't just black people. There were exploitation films for all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it's more like an R-rated popcorn movie, right? Like, most of these didn't have that much depth. Uh, Shaft and movies like it are kind of the exception. It was meant to fill seats, sell popcorn. Yeah. And be, it did. Be stunning. And it did, and again. kind of shocking. Exactly. And I think, you know, it's... It, the exploitive part is referred to as how Hollywood and society reacted. Yeah, they were pumping it. They pumped them They tried to make it their own thing. They are and, pumping them and, out. And that, that, that they are. I mean, honestly, to this day, aren't they? And it, 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 I, either yeah. way, either in the way. Year, what, what year are you referring to? Uh, far, any then? year, time slip or whatever. We I haven't think, slipped yet. Uh, we know we You'd have be not. Able to hear it. But I think, <laughs> I think it really, and again, there's a lot, you know, black exploitation films were also the first to feature funk and soul music, which mm-hmm. exposes a genre to, again, a mass audience. And it served a lot of terms. But again, the exploitation is kind of a, not retroactive term, but to refer to what happened after movies like this that really changed or Cotton Comes to Harlem is the first big one in 1970. So yeah, it really it, it's a negative term and if you hear it that's you can assume so for what afterwards but movies like Shaft I don't think should be perceived as such because sure, it is a bit outrageous and it's a bit hey guys, look at draw, draw your eyes as much as we can, but I think it also does a lot in terms of commenting on race relations in 1971 as well as just overall that in entire culture of Harlem and everything else that a lot of people were not exposed to. Yeah. But are there any anything else you guys want to say about the film Shaft and just its impact and any of the favorite parts? My personal favorite scene was when the guy f- flew out the window. That was just shocking. <laughs> that was the opening. That was, that was shocking. Awesome. The first 20 minutes they of this movie are that. a blast. This movie is a blast to open. It is just like, oh my gosh. I think the plot's actually pretty pretty solid yeah. for a yeah. for a popcorn movie. It, it it certainly I think there's there's like bumpy kind of speaks in riddles sometimes where you can't really understand what he says to the point where I'm like, okay, are we going to figure out? And then you just kind of have to assume you know what's going on. Like, the scene when they confront Bumpy in his office. like the cool-looking office. It's the cool-looking office. It was it's, cool. It's, you kind of, like, eventually what you learn is that Bumpy turned Shaft to Ben to try and get them to rally together to go get his daughter, mm-hmm. but it's, like, not very clear that that's what happened. And, I mean, you can assume, but it's kind of hard to tell. Yeah. And I think I think for a popcorn movie, it could have been a bit more clear. But other than that, I love it. But you, you guys go over, got ahead. I, I think the other thing I really liked is most movies, you know, you get a B-plot, right? Something to cut away to. There's not really a B-plot in Shaft, but 
there is a B thread of him just screwing around with the detectives and beating their own <laughs> game. That was so much fun Absolutely. to watch the entire time. Because yeah. the detective's like, please, hey, Shaft, give us this information. He's like, nah, and he just walks away <laughs> multiple times. He's like, why don't you tell him what's going on with Bumpy? He's like, I'm good. I- I'm good, man. Well, that, that's what are they the, going to do? He's Shaft. Yeah, the detective is almost on Shaft's side. <laughs> he's still just screwing with him because it's fun. Because we see the captain confront Shaft at the beginning about like, hey, I'll get your license. And then, and then the, the detective, Vic, is like, I'll take care of the captain. Like, it's time slippage, Batman and Gordon-esque relationship. Yeah, time that, that's what I thought. Batman and Gordon currently exist now, though. True, but I mean, I think... Time slippage, maybe 2021 version. No, anyway, oh, I'm, I understand. Sorry, sorry, maybe maybe it's a little bit more subtle than 2021 Batman. True, true. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But I, 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 re- I really liked that relationship. And I, I did thought, too. I thought there were some there were some very funny lines. And again, I think, I wonder how much was improvised. Because some of it just like, they were just spitting and he just like came up with He was on the phone and acting, oh like, acting like he was talking to a girl. Like, hey, I lovely. thought he was just messing with the detective at first and I figured it out. Sh- yeah. See, Shaft had... Shaft had me, too. He tricked me. That was excellent. And then I love how the guy, you know, most heroes will shake it off when they get spit on. He grabs a bottle and shatters the dude's face. Well, yeah. Shaft gets mad. Exactly. His anger is motivated. Shaft it, takes no no jive. There, there's very few times where Shaft, like, he's kind of cool as a cucumber unless he has to be. That's one of the few times you see him get mad in response to something and sort of break. Absolutely. And I think I think, I think think it's great that we we get to see him do that versus a, you know, character that just normally shrugs off because he's he's not an anti-hero, but he's certainly not your traditional Superman hero type well, yeah. thing. I mean, he doesn't really grow or change throughout the film and he's I think that's perfect. to its benefit. He, is, yeah. he don't need anything he else. Shaft. I will say I would have liked his relationship with that girl girl that we saw at the beginning a bit more explained because I guess I know he's like the player and whatnot but like there's almost too much lacking depth I, there, I don't I think guess. it really existed fair right? like fair I think he just showed up at her house like they like it, it was a weird call. scene to insert but I guess they I think they did come back to her later yeah. when he got shot that's fair but still I don't know but any any know. any final thoughts before we go with our trivia question and head out of the studio I'm here in 1971 I, I've gotten it all out we're well, gonna thank you Grayson for joining us and again this is myself and Davis this is our last episode of the year We'll be back in two months or in 51 years in like two months. I don't know. There you go. But before we go, we're going to have a trivia question that you guys can ponder over the summer. What silent film has been called the granddaddy of all Dracula films? Oh, I know. Nosferatu. Well, oh, you're not oh, supposed wait, to say it. Oh, wait. I'm not it. supposed to say it? De- what's that? What's you have to get we'll, another we'll, one. We'll cut it in post. Ah. Read another one on there. Oh, I'll read yeah. it. Okay, I'll read another one. Let me see. Um, I'm sorry. Turn off braces. T- <laughs> time, time slippage. What 2008 movie starring Alan Rickman is about the California wine industry? That's a hard one. Yeah, that is a hard one. No way Grayson knows no, that one. Right and again, we thank we thank you all for joining us for this extra special episode and hope you'll keep tuning in for Weagle's 51st anniversary, 51st birthday. And we'll be back for more Play that outro. Lens all, way ne- all the way Woo. next year. We'll see you then.